What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and this week it's just me. Me and you, we are going to be digging into a few things, doing the normal run of the show, and then I'm going to end the show with a little bit, uh, I'm going to end it a little differently, rather, uh, and I'm going to put the first ever uh, Loot Bros Podcast deep dive that we did for the Patreon at the end of the show to kind of give you a taste of what our Patreon has to offer. Now, there's so many of you guys that listen week in, week out, and you've never joined the Patreon. so. This week, due to some scheduling and some work issues, I was not able to gather everyone together and get an actual show done proper uh, outside of just me coming on here and jabbering my jaws about things that I've been playing. Uh, so I wanted what I decided to do is I was like, you know what? I'll just end the show with like a Patreon episode because we've got, I mean, you know, we're giving you a year of exclusivity essentially. Uh, on the deep dive and the super loot bros so as i was kind of like scrolling through i was like oh yeah we'll start with the first one we're going to start with that deep dive um and i'm not going to do that very often it's just something i want to do to show off hey this is what we do over there this is what the deep dive is you know whether you like it that's up to you okay so that being said, this week's episode is brought to you by our Patreon producers. My name is Effing Mayo and Redbeard Rick. Thank you guys so much uh, for all that you do and all the support. Thanks to everyone else who's on the Patreon as well. Uh, also, what we want to toast to this week are all of the amazing participants in the Backlog Beatdown 3. So uh, last week, what we did was the uh, Backlog Beatdown 3 kind of halfway point. We had a couple community members come on and have some conversation with us. That was awesome. Uh, we had some other guests that we were kind of trying to fit in, but it didn't quite work out. So I definitely appreciate you guys for coming on. I appreciate everyone else for listening. So definitely Backlog Beatdown 3 has been a lot of fun. We've had a lot going on this year. So it's been very, very cool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump right in um, just to what I've been playing. Now, uh, this week has been a little bit different because I've been able to finish up a lot of games that like I you know, started over the past couple years, some of them, um, and some stuff that I... And just been chipping away at. So just, I guess, for... I'm going to start right at the top of my PSN profile list. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I am just a few trophies away from that platinum. So I'll have that platinum this week, 100%. Uh, great game, beautiful game. Uh, the gameplay is amazing. Like everything about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is is awesome. And the, the length. Like it's not an overly long game. And past the platinum, there's plenty of things you can do. Collectibles you can go get. Armor sets you can go get. Uh, weapons to unlock and, and what have you. So, uh, great game. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. I think that if you're a PS5 owner, that is a excellent PS5 game to play. And if you if you are like me and you really like the the trophy stuff, like the way excuse me, the trophy stuff. <laughs> we all like the trophy stuff. You know what I'm saying? If you like the way the controller works, this game does a lot of really really cute things with the controller. 
there's certain enemies that as you hit them, you know, there's a, the microphone or the controller, and it's like, oh, you makes a couple noises. It really does a good job of adding atmosphere through that controller speaker, rather, not mic. So I highly recommend that you jump in Ratchet and Clank and, and give it a shot. It's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. So smooth, so crisp. Uh, and it's, it's Ratchet and Clank. So if you like Ratchet and Clank, you're going to love this game. I think that it is a very, very good game to play. Uh, next up on the list would be Demon Souls. That's right. We have this for PlayStation Plus Premium, the PPP. And uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give it a shot. I, I wanted to buy this game for my son, for Noah. And I remember playing Demon Souls on PS3, and it was trash. So this is not a game for me. This is not a game that I want to play uh by any stretch of the imagination, but it's on the PlayStation Plus Premium. So what we did this weekend, this past weekend, was we said, you know what? Here's a family night. We're going to game it up. Me, all three, all the trio, and we passed the controller. Every time you die, you 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 pass the controller, and we played. I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half, just kind of getting our bearings. Uh, very beautiful game. Oh my gosh, this game looks good. Do I want to play this game more? Not really. Will I play it more? Yes. I'll play this and I'll play Elden Ring with Noah. We're going to pass the controller and he'll carry me through it. I mean, I think Elden Ring, we might actually play online together, but Demon Souls, I know, will pass the controller because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Souls fans, that this one, it does not have any kind of uh, summons. I could be wrong. I feel like I was told that. Um, so either way. Playing some Demon Souls. Uh, next up on the list, shout out to my boy Tricky Mick. Uh, D, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division Two. Guys, Division Two is really freaking good. Like really good. Like I had, I mean, I like The Division One. It's a, it's a, it's a fine game. Division Two is awesome. Like it looks better. It plays a little better. Um, the environments are freaking really, really, really good. So I played. Tricky said, in order for me and him to play together, I need to get to the White House. I played past the White House through the first mission. I think I'm on the second mission. Second mission past the White House. So this is definitely a game that I'll chip away at. I mean, I'll play with Tricky. You know, he'll carry me through it, and I'll get the majority of the trophies and beat the game just because he's going to go in there and, and, and blitz through it for me. But uh, I'm going to chip away at this game. I quite enjoyed my time with it. I put it in just to get you know to where I needed to be so I could play with him. And I really, I was like, man, this game, <laughs> it's pretty good. I kind of like it. So uh, definitely going to be playing some more Division 2. I did, uh, I had a lot of like um, PlayStation credit kind of built up for my rewards points and all that stuff. So I, I did pick up some, not all, but some of the Resident Evil um, skins inside the Division 2. So I'll be running around with Chris Redfield's outfit and Hunk's helmet. So that's uh, that's my character. Not a good look. Not a good look. Uh, next up on the list, uh, Batman Arkham Origins. I shout out to Rick for platinum in this game, dude. I just I don't know what it is about this particular Batman game, but it just it's not my favorite. The boss fights are really good. I just beat Bane, or I just had the big Bane f- boss fight, and. I'm having a really hard time finishing this game. I'm having a really, really hard time, especially a hard time. Like I don't know if it's the map or if it's that I'm just not. I've played it over the past few years. I mean, I started the game, I don't know. I started it a couple years ago. I started it actually, I probably started it right when it came out, right after it came out. Either way, I've been playing it for a while, and I just, I don't know, man. Like This is not clicking. 
Like the game itself plays fine. It's getting from story point to story point that sometimes I'm just like, I'm getting lost on the map. I don't know what I'm looking for. Um, but right now I beat the Bane mission, you know, and I, and then now I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, you know? And I got the shot gloves. So I know there's things there's like in the Metroidvania style, there's things that I can go do. But as far as like, I don't know, I don't, I'm not, I'm on the fence about that one. Uh, Another game I was on the fence about, but finally pulled the trigger and finished is Alien Rage. This is a first person shooter on PlayStation Plus Premium, PlayStation, I started on PlayStation Now. Um, 20 trophies, no platinum, but it is a fairly lengthy game. And it's not bad. It it's it's got all the DNA from Bulletstorm. So I think that the either this team became the team that made Bulletstorm or the talent left to become because it, like the enemies move the way they do in Bulletstorm. They kind of resemble them a little bit. The guns feel like they do in Bulletstorm. Uh the the point system exists similar to how it did in Bulletstorm. So this game is very, very Bulletstorm uh, without the lasso and everything. And the, but the environments are very bland. And there's like a, about 75 to 80% of the game, there's like this huge difficulty spike. Like, And I was playing on Challenging, which is normal mode. And it just got stupid. It got real stupid. But, I mean, because it got stupid, I was able to get like my almost all the trophies in the game. The only trophy I have left is go back and beat the game on Brutal. But I honestly don't see the point because there's no platinum. I don't know that I'm going to go back and get that last trophy. I think I'm going to sit on 95 on that one. I didn't. It got really annoyingly hard towards the end. I can't imagine enjoying myself through brutal difficulty, just dying over and over and over again, especially towards the end. We'll see. I might get a wild hair and need to and need an extra an extra point on the backlog beatdown. Next up on the list, I played a little bit of Minecraft Dungeons with the kids. So what I'm doing is I'm sectioning off their game time and saying, hey, you can only play this time, this time, this time. You need to be doing some stuff outside. You need to be doing some stuff creatively. You know, like don't sit in front of the TV and melt. Um, this whole entire past last week, I let them just sit in front of the TV and play video games with their friends and stay up till midnight. And they're turning into monsters essentially um but like we had yeah we had Noah's friend over he was staying the week with us and everything i'm like i want you to have the most of your time with your friend but uh definitely don't want to do that long term that is not uh not the way you want your kids to be that being said what i told him we would do is we would section off time of the day and say okay screen time now play a little bit of games now you know it might be an hour might be two hours you know whatever so we played some minecraft dungeons we are on the last level of minecraft dungeons and uh i missed a lot of the middle of the game like i'm not leveled up very good like uh we started it together and then my sons played a bunch and then now i'm like a level 14 they're like a level 40 so we're in the last level and we're dying a bunch and i'm dying a bunch so i'm like you know what let's back up let's go back and finish all the other levels let me grind up and level up so that I'm actually helpful, not hurtful on the game. But we played that for a little while. Didn't really make any progress because we loaded up so late in the game. But we've been, we've been playing it. I played the Minecraft Dungeons arcade game, which is awesome, at Dave & Buster's last weekend with my son for my son's birthday. And so it kind of made me want to go play this game. But the thing that's better about the, the, the arcade version is the terrain's not all up and down and crazy. So you can have four guys on a screen and you're not going to get stuck on the geometry as three guys move forward. One guy gets, gets in a hole somewhere. 
Whereas with Minecraft Dungeons on the con- the console version, that is not the case, and the terrain gets on my nerves. It makes it very frustrating to make progress if someone falls or someone gets stuck, and then you know, like me, I'm low leveled. So like if I if I'm if I can't have free reign of the screen to maneuver, I'm just going to get killed. So, definitely, um, and I'm digging the game, but the arcade version is way better. Uh, next up, Destroy All Humans Remake, Remaster, whatever you want to call it. The game is r- amazing. That's so good. Laying in the bed the other night, the wife was watching Southern Charm, and I just uh, probed uh, people and sucked brains out of uh, cows. That was it. I got a couple trophies just kind of running around causing chaos, but I treated it very much like Grand Theft Auto. I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. I'm just going to play. The game looks and plays so good. I'm not. I've already got the platinum on the the uh, the PS4 version. I'm not necessarily like. Let me let me back up. There's two versions of the game. There's the PS2 port that PlayStation did in the very beginning of the PS life cycle, where it was like the PS2 to PS4 games. Then there's the remake remaster. I've already platinum the first game. You know the the, the PS. 2 to PS4 version, and now they've got the remaster out. I don't know that I'm going to go for the Platinum again, but I, I'm definitely enjoying just chipping away at the game and and playing it a little bit here and there with no real you know uh, direction, just kind of playing through. <clears throat> Next up, I got the Platinum in Cat Lateral Damage Remeowstered. That's right, Remeowstered. Uh, took me about eight, nine hours to get everything done. Being that I've already Platinum the original game, I, I kind of had a better grapple or grasp on what you needed to do to do this efficiently. Um, it, that being said, the objectives change. There is a little tiny bit of RPG kind of mechanic. Like what they didn't just remaster the game. They actually added a bunch of new content into it, changed some things up, restructured it a little bit. But I mean, essentially the same game. First person cat simulator. You knock stuff on the ground. You have to find collectibles, <clears throat> things of that nature. Uh, not a terrible game. Bought it from a daughter. But she played it for a little bit and kind of put it down. And so I picked it up and was going to play it. We were going to pass the controller, play it together. Pop started popping trophies. I'm like, well, now I got to see it through the end. And because I knew that was a pretty attainable platinum, something I can do while I'm doing other things, watching trashy reality TV with my wife, went ahead, knocked that out. Last game on my list for this week is the Wonderful 101. This was a Wii U game uh, that's been remastered and ported to the PlayStation and the Xbox. Uh, Man, I really, really, really wanted to like this game. I really wanted to like this game. I don't love it. It's not my favorite. I don't like the way, I don't like the perspectives that much. I don't know that I like the controls for it. The general concept is cool. You're these little superhero guys that run around. You do little kind of missions. You break stuff. You beat stuff. It's, it's a platinum game, so it's fun to play. But like you grab and you save all these people, and the more people that kind of hover around you and 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 build up your your group, essentially, that like then you can create uh, constructs, you know, and like giant hands, giant ladders, giant things to uh, do objectives. So. I played that one for like an hour or so. I didn't just, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't me. This is a game that like I've been anticipating, but I don't know that I'm enjoying. All right, let's head on over to our leaderboards. Leaderboards looking freaking stacked this week. Uh, Head on over to the True Achievements leaderboard. Uh, By the way, if you're listening to the show and you're like, hey, what are these leaderboards these guys are always talking about? All you got to do is go to truetrophies.com or trueachievements.com, set yourself up a profile, link it with your Xbox, your PlayStation, or you can even do steamachievements.com, 
And we have a Loot Bros podcast, Steam Achievements. Uh, but you can sync them all up. And then we read out who comes in at the top of the leaderboards. Now, each and every, I'll say month, not week, we have people add and more and more people add to our leaderboard. So this is an ongoing thing that we do year round. And just week after week, we read out the top five. So every seven days, the leaderboard resets and or your scores reset. It's kind of the way it works. Um, and so depending on the day we read it out, depends on the day, uh, how much score you have based on the last time. So, for example, if I read it out on a Saturday night recording, you hear those results on Monday. Your score might be different than it was on Saturday. You know, better or worse. Now, right now, I'm patching these in at a later date than the normal Saturday. So your scores might be better, might be worse. I'm not sure. So here we go. We're going to start off with TrueAchievements.com. Sadik taking his rightful spot at the number one with 4,445 achievement points. Next up, you got I'm Styling on your Bro, 4,130 uh, achievement points. So very good on you. Uh, next, we have Sony Pony to You with one thousand seven hundred and fifteen achievement points, and then fourth place we've got GDI Master Ace with two twenty-five. I almost said three thirty, but that's because I got a text message uh, saying that we have a meeting at three thirty. So, well, would you look at that? Uh, next up in fifth place, the Bearded Nerd with thirty. Yeah, that's right, from four thousand four hundred forty-five to thirty into the top five. So the reason why I read those numbers out and I show you guys week after week how the difference in score is not to you know rub it in the bearded nerd's face for how little achievement points he gets. It's not to prop Sadik up on some high hill, some mountain of a leaderboard saying, you are the champion, my friend. You are literally better than I'm styling on you, bro. No. The reason why I say that is to say you, common person who listens to the show who maybe just plays Xbox or just plays PlayStation, play your link up on our on our leaderboards. Get on. Because you never know. You might have a week where you beat a bunch of games or you beat the game or you 100% a game. And you're like, wow, I ended up on the leaderboard. So I got to hear my name read out on the show. And all I did was play my games. So definitely do that. Uh, definitely join and participate in the fun. Next up on the uh, Loot Bros podcast leaderboards for the true trophies.com, we got first place, Affectatious Daunt with 463. He's killing it. Last thing he played was some Final Fantasy. The trophy is called What's Done is Done. Uh, next, we got Steigen Wolf 4. With 287 trophies. Good job. It's nice to see someone else on the leaderboard. And his bio, or her bio, says, check out my YouTube one-up wonders. So there you go. A little nice little free promotion right there for you. Third place, we got the resident Daryl, that'd be me, uh, with 52 trophies. So you see from 287, 463 to 52. So you see anybody can be on these leaderboards. Last thing I have a trophy in is uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, MZ Nitro, 32. And then in fifth place, we got Redbeer Rick with 24. He's playing some farm together. Now, our PlayStation leaderboards is much bigger than our Xbox leaderboards. Our PlayStation leaderboards is 30. Xbox leaderboards, I think, was at 17. I'm not sure. So, And there's way more listeners of this show than there are people on our leaderboards. So feel free to join. And typically, realistically, the last 10 or so are usually zeros. So that's just the way, that's just the way it works. Next up, we're going to head on over to the Backlog Beatdown. And I want to give a special shout-out to everybody who has 
has participated this year. And this has been a very, very good year. Um, I don't know that there's been a bad year. I think last year might have been a little on the difficult side in retrospect. But yeah, right now it's looking good. And I'm coming for that top spot. So first place, we got I'm styling and your bro still hanging in there with 105 uh, points. How does the backlog beatdown work, you ask? Well, all you do is if you're listening to the show, you play your games. And you take screenshots or you take screenshots of your trophy pops, achievement pops, whatever you have, uh, or the credits rolling at the end of the game. And you submit that to us via Facebook, uh, via email, um, you know, in our Discord, however you want to join. All these options, those things are in the show notes. There's link tree links to all of our stuff. But you just go in there and you say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm styling on your bro and I would like to join the Backlog Beatdown. Here's the game I just beat. And then you send us the screenshots, and then we add you to the list. If the game came out in 2022, beating the game only counts for one point. If you 100% are platinum the game as well, you get an additional point. If the game came out before 2022, you get two points for beating the game because it's a backlog game. You know, it's an older game. Um, and then, of course, the 100% for beating platinum or whatever. So right now, I'm styling your bro with 105, uh, CJ with 79, uh, E, uh, excuse me, uh, Diego with 69, 69. You beat me. I had you tied 66 all week long, and then you got me with that Yakuza plat. Good job, by the way. Uh, so then Resident Daryl with 66 points, Red Beer Rick with 64, JT with 48, uh, Gaz with 47. Uh, let's see, we got Jared with 27. We got Yield with 23. Uh, we got the Bearded Nerd with 21, Alex with 20, James the Nerd with 19. Uh, MZ with 17, which MZ actually, I think he just posted something for Sniper. So MZ might be a little higher because I did not enter that one. Uh, I can't enter my own uh, stuff and participate in any of the responsibilities of the podcast. Joe with 16. No, the Builder with 15. Tricky with 15. Kali with 10. Kali's come up. She's going to beat Joe. Uh, we got Homer with nine. We got Corey with nine. We got Dino Killer with eight. Spider Packs with eight. B Wow with six. We got Jim with five. Sadic with five. Now, here's a prime example, guys. I'm going to use Sadic as an example. Sadic got tons and tons of achievement points. So he's already, he's already had his name called. So we're going we're gonna to lean in a little bit. Sadic, halfway through the year, reaches out and says, Hey, I want to participate in your little, uh, in your little, your little game. I was like, cool. He's like, I don't use your social medias. I'm like, hey, all good, brother. Social media kind of sucks, if I'm being honest. If it wasn't for the podcast and my business and my band, I probably wouldn't use it. But there's that. Um, how can I play if I don't use social medias? Use the Loot Bros Podcast Gmail. The Loot Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Just email me your stuff. You know, and the only reason I say you got to send it in, not just give me your word for it, is because I got to have a way to prove it to the board, prove it to the council. If you get audited, I got to have tax information. That last part's not really true, but send over the information, your screenshots, all that jazz, and we will make it happen, Captain. All right, everybody else in the bottom hasn't moved in a while, so we're going to leave that be. So here we go. Before we jump into the the this week's official topic i'm saving the questions the questions for this week uh for when we get the crew back together i hate to waste a good question just on poor little old me um but i did want to kind of put you know kind of bring up a few things 
All right. When I was putting this episode together, uh, before I decided I was going to end it with like some Patreon content so that those of you guys who don't subscribe to the Patreon can kind of hear what we do over there. Now, for those of you guys who are patrons, I'm sorry. You know, you get 20 something minutes of me rambling, a couple songs, and then you got a content you've already listened to and you've already paid for. So I do appreciate your support. Uh, and I want to be upfront with the fact that, yeah, you've probably already heard this. Now, some of you guys are patrons and you've never plugged the Patreon feed into your podcast catcher. So even though you're patrons, you might have this and never heard it. Cool. Some of you are patrons at the $1 tier, all right, the Super Loot Bros tier. Now, the Patreon breakdown, and I know I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. It goes like this. You can follow our Patreon and plug that into your RSS feed and only listen to the, the free shows. That's a, that's the thing you can do. Extra content will be on there. Um, it, so you could, you know, most people listen to on Spotify or, or, or Apple, right? So if you would like, you can just go to the Patreon feed, listen to it there. Go download the Patreon app, listen to it there. Or you can subscribe at the $1 tier. You get all of the regular episodes, plus you get the Super Loot Bros episodes. You get any of the bloopers and B-roll that I put on there which I have more to put. I haven't put any on there in a few months. Uh, you get all of the extra content that we do. So if we do the drift cast, if we do the uh, comic cast, if we do two, two, three, six, any of that stuff, you get all of that all for being a part of the $1 tier. And like oh, you say, well, Rose and Daryl, I could just go to your other feeds and subscribe there. Cool. If you want to do that, that's fine too. But as a perk of being a patron, you get those episodes usually three days early. And they're all in one concise place. Okay. So there, I'm just trying to add value. Maybe it's something you don't want. Maybe you don't care anything about the stack. Like this past week, I put the stack in the Patreon, in the actual podcast feed. Why did you do that? Well, because I want to give you guys a, a little bit of a taste and a listen to what I'm doing over there. So myself and Josh Adams, uh, we get together and we talk about, we do like little mini reviews and little mini, um, I don't even I don't know that they're really reviews. We don't put a score on them, but we just kind of talk about and do small dives into comic books. Okay, so I'm not a comic book fan. Cool. But you're a game fan. And so this past week, what I did was I dove into some video games that then had a comic book support their their lore. So I covered the evil within didn't go into too much depth. I wanted, you know, if there's something you'd be interested in to go and read it, I compared it to other games and I talked about actually the evil within a little bit. So I thought, you know what, this is a good episode to put in there. So you see what we got going on. If that interests you, I'd love to know. I'd love to know if that's something you're down with. If it's not something you're down with, cool. You know, it's there if you want it and you don't have to listen to it if you don't. Same thing goes with the Patreon at the $1 tier. You get access to all that stuff. Now, Next up is the $5 tier. What does the $5 tier get me? Well, it gets you everything I just talked about, and it gets you our monthly deep dive. All right, now, what does a deep dive consist of? Well, sometimes it is like this episode. We're going to talk about the campaign for Call of Duty Cold War. It's like, oh, I don't like Call of Duty. Uh, you, you might not like Call of Duty, but you know what's cool? This campaign is really cool. This campaign has a lot of stuff in it, and it does things different than your traditional Call of Duty, hence why we did a review on it. You know, sometimes we do the reviews on the uh, Patreon pledges, and that's the top tier, the $25 tier. What does that $25 tier get me? Oh, well, I can pay $25 to the Patreon, support the show, support all the podcasts and all the things we're doing. And then in doing so, I can pick a game that these jabronis will review. They play them, and then they have to review them. So far, we've knocked out all kinds of great games. 
we've been pledged several times to play a lot of cool stuff. And then what I do is I might do the deep dive might be a pledge game because multiple people on the podcast have covered it. All right. If the deep dive, if the pledge game is just something I've covered, then typically it goes in the super loot bros category. And then, you know, you have access to it. Um, but yeah, we will pull those games. We might have something like a movie come out. Like we covered the uncharted movie. Um, we've talked about the, uh, I put, I don't even think this is a deep dive tier. I could be wrong. Actually, let me look, but I know I talked about the new resident evil movie. You know, I, I got on and I recorded, I did, I covered Batman on there. I've covered, uh, uh the Batman, excuse me, with, with Robert Pattinson. I covered Morbius. So there's all kinds of content. Not all of that was hidden behind a paywall. Some of that stuff was just in there. Um, that being said, you know, I, that's, there's a lot on the, on the Patreon. So if you're looking for more or, I mean, Hey, maybe you're not, maybe you're like, dude, I don't even like your voice. I just try to be nice, you know? All good. So there's a lot of stuff there if you are interested. Now, why is it, Daryl, that you've done such a wonderful and amazing in-depth job breaking down all the things that you do with and for the community? Oh, well, thank you for asking. All right. So this show, the way I, the way this show started, the show was just me and my old bandmates, me and my friends. And we were talking about video games and we had like a laundry list of things that we wanted to talk about. But over the years, through host changing and and the interactions with the community changing, more things have leaned towards what we can do with you guys. That seems to be the way we get feedback. And that seems to be, uh, you know, what you guys are into uh, overall. So I kind of want to double down on that this coming year. So beginning of next month, you know, the beginning of August, uh, I'm thinking about reach, you know, kind of changing up a little bit of the Patreon stuff. So I'm thinking about adding a tier. And I wanted to get a little feedback. You know, a, a week or two ago, I put out a poll and I was like, hey, what would it take to get you on onto the Patreon? The people that answered were just like, yeah, you either we're either there or we don't care, which is totally cool. And I, I can, yeah, I can't, I can't fault that. I don't do a lot of Patreons. I do two. That's it. Um, one of them is mine. <laughs> one of them, I actually subscribed to our own Patreon and I gave that link, that feed away to a listener. So, uh, I pay every single month to be a part of this community that I also, you know, own, control, and foster. Um, but I gave away the link just so as like a, as a, hey, you know, thank you for what you do. Here's this. Um, that being said, and then I follow one other Patreon, but I don't even go there at their highest tier because all I, all I'm interested in is the content. So there's that. So I get it. If you're listening to the show, you're like, dude, I don't want to do your Patreon. Totally cool. This is not for you then. For those of you who are on the Patreon and or would consider being on the Patreon, I want to pitch this to you. I've been thinking about doing uh, a a solo episode, a solo show on there, something I can do in my time uh, throughout the week, and it might be a weekly episode of something news related. Now, I don't I'm, I'm not huge on news. I don't really care, but I just was trying to think about what are we not offering? So I want a feedback. If you listen to the show right now and say, hey, would you listen to a weekly, you know, kind of a recap? Doesn't it's not gonna be long. It would be less than it would be less than an hour. I mean, I would hope. <laughs> but like a weekly recap of things that happen news wise the week prior. Is there a certain day of the week that you guys would want that? Do I already offer too much for you to keep up with? These are all things that I would like to know from the patrons and from the listeners. Now, I'm going to put these questions, I'll put them out there uh, in the groups and stuff. And then I'll also put something in the bio, in the show notes, 
but I, I need some feedback. Um, do you want me to add something else to the Patreon? You know, is is there something else out there I could do that you're not even? I thought about doing this, and I, and this is just where my head's at. And I'll pitch this to you, community, because the co-hosts aren't here for me to talk to them about it. If I did a weekly recap, would you want me to Twitch stream it? Would I, if I did a weekly Twitch stream where I did a recap of news, or I, it doesn't have to necessarily be settled, you know, just news. Uh, understand, I'm not a huge news person, but that's just easy. That's like easy. But I could do news. I could do reviews. I could do shows. I could do games. I could do yeah, whatever, comics, whatever. And then, you know, would you guys, would you, tw- would you let me to put it on Twitch? Would you want me to do a live show interacting with you once a week, maybe every couple of days? I don't know. Guarantee once a week. We'll see. And then from there, you know, put it into the Patreon feeds and all that good stuff, you know, in an audio form. Let me know. Let me know what you want. Me, let me know if you're interested in something like that, because I have these pockets of time in the mornings when I'm by myself. So if it's like you could be early morning, you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I've got time to watch this before work. I've got time to listen to this on the way to work, whatever. Uh, for some of our overseas listeners, this is, you know, in the afternoon or in the evening. This could be a perfect time for you. So let me know what you think. If I did something like that, because I'm not a huge Twitch streamer. I'm not a huge video person. You guys know we did video when we first started the show, and and that was not my favorite thing to do. So this is something me kind of coming out of the comfort zone. But it's also me trying to add value to what we bring here to the Loot Bros. Um, And that might be another way to interact with and grow the community. Like we have no Twitch and YouTube presence, really. So I can't help but see potential and growth because it's really hard to just you know it's really hard for to get random people to listen to an audio podcast if if we're not getting an influx of reviews and ratings and re-reviews and re-ratings and all that stuff so something i've learned is that if you go in and you edit your review on itunes and stuff like that it does stimulate the uh it does stimulate the algorithms so like if we're not getting an influx of that stuff, it's really hard to grow an audio only podcast outside of just spamming everyone around you. And I've been doing that for five years. So like, you know, I'm trying to think of new ways to help grow the show and get more people involved. And why do we want more people involved, more people to game with, you know, let's grow our boosting groups, uh, you know, more people to interact with, you know, obviously more, you know, traction to the Patreon uh, makes it more impossible for us to do more things. That being said, hey, what's the new thing you're doing? I've got the poop sock design. It is there. It is done. And this week, we will have a poop sock t-shirt available. I know, JT, you want actual socks. Still working on that one. Um, But the poop sock shirt will go live this week. So be on the lookout. All right. I've got a bunch of things to do with my actual job. You know, my actual, you know, day to day. So I will be working that in. I have what I call a crush it list. If you have list, if you listen to my mortgage podcast, my actual business and entrepreneur podcast called the DIY Mortgage Mindset. This week's episode, episode four is, it's called just crush it or go crush it. I think that's what I called it. I don't even remember anymore. I've done so many podcasts in the past few days, like uh, editing wise, I can't remember. But what we decided, what we talked about was we talked about just a positive mental attitude, you know, attacking your day in whatever aspect, whether it be through gaming, whether it be through your your business, whether it be through your relationships, whatever. Having a positive mental attitude is crucial 
into being successful. All right. And so what we talk about is, is applying that positive mental attitude to your job. And one of the things that was brought up on there is a crush it list. What is a crush it list? It's just a list, a targeted list of here's what I'm going to accomplish today. I'm going to put it down on paper. I'm going to line it all up and then boom, cross it out. Boom, cross it out. Boom, cross it out. It's very easy to say we're going to do a lot of things. And then we don't ever keep track of it. There's no accountability, even with ourselves on on a notepad. So, like, you know, one of the things we're we're pushing on the DIY Mortgage Mindset podcast is to have a positive mental attitude, because that is that is infectious. You know, if if I have a good attitude and all my coworkers and I'm pouring into them with a good attitude, and I'm not allowing myself to get overwhelmed with the tasks that I have to do, and I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. It's extremely beneficial to my uh, progress to do those things. So that being said, on my crush it list, it is to get the poop sock t-shirt. I almost said something weird uh, out there and available for you guys to purchase. Now, not many people have bought our shirts. That's fine. I don't have the shirts marked up to where I'm making uh, any profit. So that's fine. But they're there. And that is something I offer to you, this community. If everyone wanted to go and and pick up t-shirts, you know. And wear Loot Bros t-shirts. Hey, they're there. That's awesome. If you don't want to wear them, that's cool too. Uh, but I'm going to keep adding to it. You know? And the Patreon funds make that happen. You know what I'm saying? So the more the Patreon grows, the more I can pay for logos and art and all these cool things. And then we can put that out there for the, you know, the merch shop. And the merch shop will exist, whether you take advantage of it or not. And that is about all I got. That's about all the rambling, all the newsy stuff I got. So like, what I need from you guys is some feedback. Do you want more? Do you want less? Do you not care? Hey, not caring and being in like one show a month is enough. (laughs) So like I get it. Um, But if you wanted me to do something on the Twitch, let me know. I'm I'm thinking about trying it either way. Uh, But who knows kind of what that'll look like. But if you guys lean in and say, hey, I like this idea. I got this idea. This is what I like to watch on Twitch. And even if you can't watch it live, it'll be there. But I'm thinking about doing that. I'm thinking about you know playing some games, talking some talking some business, talking some shop. Uh, sometimes I'll be playing games. Sometimes I'll, maybe I won't. I just have a, a background up and you know just talking about stuff. Like I said, I like to interact with the community. Maybe I can do like uh, like questions each week. Yeah, I don't know. You guys tell me what you want. That being said, this has been the Loot Bros Podcast. I am going to add the very first ever uh, Loot Bros patreon exclusive deep dive to this episode where me and t-bird that's right long lost t-bird sit down and talk about the call of duty uh, cold war campaign so even if you're not a call of duty fan i suggest you check it out check the game out and the and the podcast but if you guys got any feedback holler at me if not here we go What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Loot Bros Deep Dive, a Patreon exclusive. This is the first month of Patreon exclusives. If you are listening to this, we thank you so much for subscribing at the $5 tier. This 
$5 tier will get you a monthly deep dive. Uh, this week, or this this month, rather, we're doing Call of Duty Cold Wars campaign. This will also get you access to the first tier, the Super Loot Bros. Uh, so with me on this very special first ever Loot Bros deep dive is the T-Bird. What's up, T-Bird? What's up? So if you're listening to this, you know who we are, you know what we do, and we are going to go in relatively deep. Some would say extremely deep uh, on the Call of Duty Cold War campaign. Now, T-Bird, this is awesome for me and you. Okay, You and I have been playing Call of Duty games for a very long time. You have been deeper in the Call of Duty multiplayer than I ever have been. And I don't know if you've played every single campaign, but I have played all the campaigns to date. So yeah. I think it's safe to say we're both pretty versed on Call of Duty. What do you think? Yeah, that's safe, that's safe to say. I, I think I have played every single campaign that's came out. Mm. That's good to hear because I was going to ask you, because I want to pitch a Super Loot Bros topic to you. I would like us to sit down one night for Super Loot Bros and rate the Call of Duty campaigns. Like, like your best to worst. So, I'm down for that. I mean, I had we, to go back and replay some of them, but uh, yeah, <laughs> same here. Uh, we could even do the multiplayer, you know, like obviously I'd be l- more so gleaning off of your expertise than my own, yeah. but you know, just kind of rating which ones are better. So, Call of Duty Cold War T Bird, this is a very special one. Uh, this is the first one of the new gen. So, we've got the Xbox Series S. Uh, upgrades to uh, the visual fidelity and things like that. We've got the obviously the PC version, and then we've got the PS5 version, which, in my opinion, has uh, a little something special to offer that the rest of them do not. Uh, now, you guys have been listening to the show. You've heard me harping on how much I like the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedbacks. And this particular game I bought specifically to experience, you know, those gimmicky controller uh, features. So, T-Bird, where did you play Call of Duty Cold War? Uh, definitely played it on PC because I wanted to experience the whole right, like, play the campaign with the rage racing and everything. Yeah. And that, that rage racing is the truth on the on this campaign. There you go. So, what was your overall thoughts, I guess, your your um, general thoughts I guess, of uh, Call of Duty Cold War? It was a solid campaign. I, I honestly... I'm, I'm, since this is kind of a deep dive, we're we're spoiling stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're going. This is, if you're I, listening, to this, I, you came for the spoilers. It was a good campaign. I wasn't expecting it to be like a. Oh look, you're actually one of the bad guys, but you didn't know until like close to the end of the game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Like, uh, like my initial thoughts were it was really good. Uh, it looked great. It felt great. Um, you know, the, the Call of Duty, you know, Activision, they put a lot of money, a lot of production value into their campaigns. And they always have the crispest, crispiest of the audio. Like there's, there's a certain, there's a certain sound that comes with like a tube amp when you're playing guitar. They're like, there's a crackle to the sound, you know, there's something just different than you play like a solid state amp, you know? Yeah. And to me, whenever I play a Call of Duty, there is something special with the sound that is the highest of production sound 
And when I put it in, I, I can hear just the crackling is, of, of the guns, of the, the crispiness of the audio. Like it is, oh, it's always a treat. And this one was, it was, it was no exception. It was great. Uh, overall, my, my general thoughts on the game where it was very, very good. It was a good story. It was a great campaign. Uh, it was paced well. And then in the very end, the last chapter or two, it takes this wild turn. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, And like you said, finding out at the end, full spoilers, <laughs> you're the bad guy. Um, or at least, you know, you have the opportunity have to be the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what makes it even more impressive? Treyarch had to come in and come in and help. I think uh, I think it was Raven yep. that was working on it. They they had to come in and help them finish this game, like kind of last minute because they're trying to shove it out before you know their usual November time, right? Otherwise, they might not have one. Yeah, what was interesting is that you know uh, in recent I guess history with Call of Duty, you know it's usually like they alternate you know Infinity Ward. Uh, Sledgehammer, Treyarch. That's that's the that's the the in order they go. And then Sledgehammer's last game was wasn't ready to go. So then Treyarch had to go early and release the Call of Duty Battle Royale, um, which was good. I mean, it was you know I I prefer a campaign, but it was good. So then all the rumors are swirling around that that. This one wasn't going to be ready, so it was all hands on deck, all studios on deck to get this game out. And uh, it was it was quite impressive. It was short. I think it was one of the shorter of the campaigns. I think I remember watching, I was, I was watching a recap on it. I think they said it had like six actual campaign missions, plus not including all your side missions you can go do. Right, which the side missions were good. You know, I mm-hmm. thought that uh, they added a lot to the game. You didn't have to do them. And in order to unlock them and to do them properly, um, you had to, to find collectibles and find intel and stuff. I don't know. I, I totally just looked up guides for those. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do I solve this puzzle? Oh, is this? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, so that's interesting right there. So this game, there's it's like an onion. There's a lot of layers. Uh, at, for, at surface value, it's a five, six-hour max Call of Duty campaign, run and gun, point and shoot. Um, but then like story-wise, it, it really does kind of unfold. But before we, we dig into the story too much, I know we've already spoiled a little bit of stuff. Let's kind of knock out like what we, our general thoughts on all the intricacies were of the actual presentation. And then we're going to just go full blown, you know, into the story. So graphically it, it, it was great on PS5. Uh, it looked really good playing it. I didn't mess with any kind of sliders or or toggle i just put it in played the game and it played it looked amazing how was it on pc really good it looked really really good with the race racing it's um (laughs) when you have everything cranked up it's a very very demanding game it's one of the few times like i didn't get 60 fps in an entire throughout the entire game Hmm. just because like like i was explaining in one of the one of our other shows it the whole point of ray tracing is to make the lighting more natural, so right. stuff has to be reflecting off of different surfaces at multiple times. So I, I understand the performance, of it, but still, it was so nice to look at. Yeah, it, it definitely was a very good looking game, and they usually are. You know, the, the last few Call of Duties have been 
very good to look at. Um, yeah, Modern Warfare was a very, very pretty game. Um, the actual, actually, Warzone is really good looking. You know, the free to play battle royale. This one looked amazing. Uh, there was so much detail in some of the areas, especially the first mission, um, where you start off in that bar. There's all kinds of posters all over the walls. There's so much stuff to look at in there. And even as you're chasing the the bad guy, like the little rooms and the different opportunities, the different paths you have to take to get to him on the rooftops and stuff. There's so much stuff in every room, man. Yeah. It was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to miss something. There's something cool in here. I got to see it. But it was very, very interesting. And I already said the sound was great. I don't know how you played it. Um, I've put in my 3D audio, um, Sony 3D audio headset, headphones, uh, and it sounded phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I had headphones on. I don't remember which ones I had on at the time, but it sounded fantastic, too. So when then uh, I said before that, like, I thought that I think the PS version kind of has something that the other versions do not have. And that's the, you know, the dual sense. So this game was marketed that on PS five, every gun will feel different. Um, and every, like there's different trigger pulls, uh, you know, obviously with the, uh, the adaptive triggers, each gun has a different, you know, trigger pull. Um, and then the, the haptic feedbacks, every gun feels different. And man, I, I gotta say it, it really worked. It really was. Now, it's not like some astronomical, tremendous, like, oh, my gosh, this gun feels totally different. I can't even use this one. But they all did feel different. You know, there were different. There was different resistance set on the different controllers or on the triggers, rather. And it was very interesting just like how. Like you put you get something that's heavier, you know, like um some of the pistols, you know, heavier caliber pistols, things like that, the sniper rifle. When you pull that trigger, there's a little bit more resistance and a little bit more rumble. But then you grab like an MP5 or something or an AK and you just start rattling shots off. And then there's a lot, a lot lighter of a trigger pull. And then the rumble and resistance or the haptics are just totally different. Yeah. So um, it actually, one of my favorite things to shoot was this little, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't called the Punisher. It was, I might have been called like the Redeemer or something like that. There's like a little handgun you find in like a lockbox uh, on one of the mid missions, like in some kind of like Russian, uh, I can't remember if it was like a satellite, some kind of station. The place is kind of dilapidated and broke down. I don't remember what the mission was called, but like you find a little lockbox key. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? I think so. I think I remember. I think I remember finding some of those. It's really one of the first areas you start to have like like little black ops style, like you're seeing things. Yeah, and uh, it was really cool. But there's a there's a gun in there, and it might have been called like the Resistance or something. It was something cheesy. Is it the um, was it the snow area? Yes, the snow area. Yeah, I think that was a shotgun. No, it wasn't a shotgun. No, no there was in that little lot box. There was like a little revolver or something like a yeah, magnum yeah. revolver. Either way. That thing had a nice pop to it, you know, again, using the dual sense. It was pretty, it was cool. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty interesting, uh, you know, that was one of my favorites, one that really stood out as far as like, you know, some, one of the guns. Um, but, uh, overall, you know, Call of Duty's guns always feel the best, you know, like I, that's, that's, that's where you go for a good shooter. It's tried and true. It's very seasoned. Um, but yeah, the dual sense was, was a much, 
it was a very good addition. I, I'm very, very pleased with the way these things have been implemented so far in these early games. And I really hope that that's something that continues in the future. So, but, uh, yeah, I'd have to experience them first. Yeah. So far, I'm not like wowed by what I've, what I've experienced. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, just between Resident Evil 8 and, um, uh, Plague Tale Innocence and Call of Duty. I mean, like, realistically, if no other game used the dual sense, those three games make it worth having. You know, it's just really, it's really cool. So, in my opinion, anyways, I think it's, it's very neat. I think uh, Plague Tale might really be the better of the three, just because it's like the amount of rats in there, you know, and just feeling that haptic feedback. Um, after a while, you know, shooting machine guns or you know assault rifles and things like that, it's like okay. Like you kind of you fire so many bullets for a while there that it's just like you get you kind of like okay I understand this <laughs> yeah you kind of get used to it but it's it's very interesting so you know so it looks good sounds good plays great you know overall my opinion of the story was it was really good I know you said you enjoyed it um you know anything in particular that really stood out to you that made it you know enjoyable. Um, I know one of the most, one of the most over the top things was chasing down the, uh, airplane with the RC car. That was ridiculous. <laughs> it sure was. Let, let, let alone the chasing it down with the RC car. You're also chasing it down with a Jeep. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> and you put the RC car down and it outruns your Jeep. That's seemingly maxed out <laughs> like like you're driving as fast as you can to catch up with those those uh plane so, that's on this endlessly long runway <laughs> you know, one of the things i really enjoyed about this game was the, the 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 mechanics of grabbing people and using them as human shields and or just killing them mm-hmm. like i thought that was really neat like that's something that i've seen in other games most notably the punisher um and it's really awesome that, that like that is in there. And it was like, man, having a body shield's great. And I, every now and again, I'd grab one just for fun. And uh, I, I, I know it. I honestly never did that. Prisons. Yeah, I didn't even know that was an option. So I just kind of shot everything. The the kills like the like the body shield kills they were very graphic. You know, stabbing people, like slicing their throats and things like that. So it was one of those things where I did it almost just to kind of see what the game I had to offer. And it was just a fun way of doing things. And every now and again, I grab a body shield just because, like, I'd be turning a corner and there's two or three guys ahead of me. And here's this one random dude. Let me grab him as a shield, pop one dude. And then while the other guy shoots at me, I kill him. And it was just, it just added a little bit of depth to an otherwise point and shoot, you know, run and gun game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I enjoyed it. I like going back to the weapons and stuff. There was a point in time where I picked up a bow and arrow. Did you, did you use that at all? Yes. Yes, I remember using that. It was a lot of fun. There was a trophy for shooting a guy while you're on, while you're repelling uh, on the oh, bow wow. with the bow and arrow. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty dope. So I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, getting into the story elements, you know, the beginning starts off and you're on like a, a, a foot chase and you you're chasing down this guy. You're trying to beat information out of him. Whatever, yeah, Call of Duty. That's what you do. Yeah, naturally. But what I, I noticed immediately was at the end of the interrogation, I had the option to detain him or to kill him. What did you do? 
I'm pretty sure I detained him. So you're a good guy, T-Bird. I think so. I like. I gotta. Remember, I gotta preface this. It's been seven months since I since I played the campaign, so I don't really remember all my decisions. Well, I shot him. Oh, excuse me, I didn't shoot him. Not this particular guy. I threw him off the building. Oh, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, no, he totally got thrown off the building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like so, I was like, oh, I can, I can do the good guy thing or the bad guy thing. I tossed him right off the building, and it was awesome. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So I went back and played that mission again and detained him. And it gives you a, you know, total different response. It's like, oh, okay. So what I learned was that throughout this campaign, there are multiple instances where you could save these people and it would change the ending or you could kill them. So it was very interesting. Yeah, that was the first time I've seen them do anything like that in a Call of Duty game. I know they did, I think it was Black Ops 3. I think that's one of the first ones where they had multiple endings to it. Kind of have the same thing. You like your decisions affected the game by mm-hmm. the ending of it, obviously. And I think it was along the lines of like that, too. Depending on who you killed or let live, kind of messes everything up. Now, I do remember playing that game, and I remember it being okay. I didn't think that that campaign was great. But I do not remember. Wait, no, I'm sorry. That's Black Ops Two. I'm thinking about. Okay. No, Black Ops Three was the the, the stupid one with robots <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that was the dumb one. Yeah. Which, either way, I mean, the Black Ops games were weird in general, and this one is technically Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. But it was it was very interesting. It was the first time I had really noticed, especially early in the game, that like, oh wow, there's there's something different here now. Kind of moving forward, there was the stealth mission where you needed to sneak into the apartment and get that guy's briefcase behind the hidden wall. Yeah. And you had his wife kind of like on the phone and doing things in the house. Uh-huh. So like another thing that was just interesting and different for a Call of Duty game, although not unique in gaming in general, was that you could, I think you could tranquilize her. Or you could like knock her out and then you could position her and just drop her off anywhere in the house. Now, what you're supposed to do is put her on the couch and make it look like she's sleeping. Yeah. I knocked her out and then took her to one of the back bedrooms and then just troll tossed her. (laughs) She was laying across the bed and then like very hitman style. (laughs) I like closed the door left and then proceed with the mission. But there's a certain point where the actual NPC goes down there looking for his wife and then finds her on the room. It's, it, it ruined my mission. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> Still be pretty funny to see it. It was pretty interesting, man. It, like it was, again, like, for a otherwise normally linear point and shoot experience. Th- there was a lot of freedom in certain areas, you know, like I grabbed his wife a couple times and kind of stuffed her in random spots, you know, just kind of like moved her around. And then I realized, oh, I'm just supposed to knock her out and put her on the couch. So when I did that, then I quit failing my mission. So, but <laughs> how many times did you fail that? Uh, it was twice. <laughs> okay, okay. But but again, it was it was one of those things where it started to get it started to give me freedoms that I wasn't used to in a Call of Duty experience. So I started to play around with it, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. So. 
Uh, I ended up uh, kind of moving into a different mission where, you, again, you have more more opportunities. Now, each of these missions, like we had mentioned before, there's intel, there's clues and hints that you can find that that start to pile up, and you can solve puzzles to unlock the side missions, right? Some of those puzzles were completely random, like your version is different than Dude, my version. That's that's why I said like I had to look up guides for some of them just to like kind of understand what I needed to be looking for. Right. And just to understand how to solve the puzzle. Yeah. And then it was so like as you're going through these missions and you're like, oh wow, there's there's different there's different layers. So I could save this person or kill this person. That's gonna change something in the game. Whether or not I find the intel or the clues, that's going to determine whether or not I'm even equipped to unlock the side missions. And then when you unlock the side missions, if you don't have all the intel, you can't decide which of who is who and which is your actual clear targets that may or may not be Russian operatives. Do you remember all yeah. that? Oh yeah, I know. I remember that. It's I spent a lot of time like looking at this one person trying to figure out which one it was. <laughs> I think I think on my play there, I guessed wrong. Like because you have to pick three people that you think are like undercover uh, informants or undercover Russian agents. Yeah, and I uh, think I just guessed because I was missing one piece of intel or something. I I think I had I think I got everything right because I don't think anything bad happened out of because of it. But I sat there for like thirty minutes, like just looking over everything, looking at every everybody, yeah. making sure I picked the right thing. And, and and again, you know, this is Call of Duty. You're not used to having to do stuff like that. So like, it was very cool, man. I sat back and I was like, I, I just I was I, I really admired all of this. I was like, this is awesome. What a cool experience. And then, um, you remember the the little the. Well, I forget what it was called. There was that town you had to go through that was basically set up like downtown, um, like a downtown mean, area in America. You mean the training facility? Yeah, yeah. Yep. What did you think about that? I was, I was actually one of my favorite missions. I had a little trouble getting into the building, I think, just because I was kind of messing up my shots and yeah. they kept spotting me. Actually, no, I take that back. It wasn't because I was messing my shots up. I was walking too soon in front of one of those APCs. Yeah, and it just like turned. I'm like, oh, look at you! You're dead now. What was what was awesome is again, you had the freedom to do a lot of the stuff stealth. Um, but then, uh, tangentially, or I guess outside of that, you like once you got in there, like it got me thinking. Like, there's multiple different paths you can go down, different places you can hide. Like seeing all of the different little targets set up everywhere, and I was like, man, it got me thinking. Like. I wonder if stuff like that really exists, you know, like do other countries have, or do we even have, you know, facilities set up to mimic or look like, you know, a different country, maybe a, a place we would go and, and go to war. And so we could train in a place to, to make it, make us comfortable in those battlefields. I, I 100% believe that's true. Cause there's, because we also have like, there's abandoned military bases around America that have underground tunnels. Yeah. So I mean, like, what do you think is down there? <laughs> it was, was well, it got me thinking of when I was playing that, that mission was, uh, you know how, like they always say that the reason why we didn't do well in Vietnam was because 
we weren't used to the guerrilla warfare and the way that, you know, the people that we were going against, how they were conducting and traveling and doing all those things. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I bet this is a legit thing. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. This is like a dumb thing in a video game, but I never thought about it that way. That, like there are facilities out there where people are training to make it look like, you know, they're going into a video store. There's like little targets and mannequins and stuff set up outside the pizza place and the donut shop. It was, it was pretty interesting. Definitely a very fun, fun mission. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, got, I got a little, little dicey towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> sure did. And then, uh, you know, kind of getting into some of the other missions that were again, very, I, I always in the shows, I'm always like, Oh, call of duty Ghosts is a great game. You know? And I mean that because I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the campaign. Uh, and I enjoy the variety of missions, you know, space missions, you know, the uh, mission where you're on the snowmobile and you got to shoot the ice out and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of memorable spots in that game for me, in my opinion. And this one was very reminiscent of that because there were so many missions that were very different from each other. Uh, and it, there was one mission in particular where you had to, uh, you were a mole, a Russian mole inside, I, like, I guess the Russian embassy. Good God. Yeah, that one. That was a good one. Yes. And there were so many options, right? So essentially, um, the, it was the KGB headquarters. They were, uh, they knew that there was a mole and they were starting to shut down clearance, uh, security clearance to the underground portion where essentially the American soldiers were going to come in at. So you had to pick your path on how you were going to obtain the key to get your, you know, the American soldiers into the embassy. And then you had to lure in some soldiers so you can get their uniforms to get all the way down to that underground safe room where that, those computer files were at. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to see if you remember, like, how did you play that mission more than once or you just do it one time? I did it once and I, I tried doing almost all the options there's some of them I think I was just missing missing one or two things for. I ended up having to go and convince the guy that they're interrogating to help us. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm pretty he ended up killing that guy that was interrogating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, one of the generals. And see, and that was awesome. So I played through that mission three times and I tried various different things. Um, and that was another one where you could you could sneak through it and take out soldiers. And you could hide them in like file cabinets and in, in closets and stuff. I, I did it to a few of them, I think. Actually, yeah, you know, I, I had to. I had to whenever I had to go downstairs to get the um, yep, the vial or a vial of crap or whatever it was. Yep, yep, yep. And that was and, that, and there's there's a whole play there's whole versions of that playthrough where you don't have to do any of that. Like so, there was one point in time where I uh, had I had framed the general. I had, so you had to go down, uh, you could go downstairs, you could frame him and you could get his security key that way. Right. So you had to go downstairs. You had to basically fake some documents that show that he was the one calling out to get, receive the American soldiers. Yeah. And there's like a whole stealth section where you got to crawl through vents and do all kinds of stuff. Or you can do like you were talking about, and I did a playthrough where I did, I just convinced the dude in the interrogation room that I would protect his wife and daughter if he killed the man. 
So it was it was it was awesome. There was so many options, and there was an optional option in there in there for you to kill an informant, someone who was there. That the uh, American soldiers were worried that we're going to tip them off. Uh, I don't know if you did that because there was a few odds and ends you had to do to get to where you could get to that guy. I I want to say I did. I want to say I did everything to do that to get to him, but I could be wrong. Oh. There was another one. It was just, it was awesome because it was like, oh man, there's a, I told him of course on the phone. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. And then I get to the part where he's at and the dude's just sitting in the, in the office smoking a cigar. So I pick up the Cubans and then I, uh, the Cuban cigars, and then I killed the dude. I was like, man, this is, it was just impressive to me how much, how many options were there? You know, how much content was there? Yeah. Definitely has replay replayability for two of the game. Yeah, oh yeah, most definitely, definitely, and, and again, it's one of those things where I, I didn't expect this out of a Call of Duty. Now, oh yeah, I know. So that whole section where you put the gas through the uh, through the vents and then you have a serious firefight all the way out was freaking awesome. I had a, I had a firefight all the way in and out. <laughs> Nothing about that part was easy for me. <laughs> so I can imagine unrealistic. That part is insanely tough. Uh, I don't. I'm glad I don't care about playing those games on legendary or whatever anymore. I'm, I'm uh, way past that time. <laughs> yeah, I've done a few of them that way, and uh, it's definitely not something I'm looking forward to doing on this one. Uh, but it, it, you know, the game, the game was awesome. And I, I enjoyed it enough to go back and play through it again. I've played through a few times now, like certain missions, uh, like the motel mission where you have that insane, you know, firefight you have to go through to get to the hotel to get the files. Yeah. Which is one of the side missions. So um, they, they were good. So all the side missions were great, you know, and the fact oh, yeah. that they were kind of locked behind puzzle stuff that you have to do was pretty interesting. So, um. But I guess really, really the the main thing is the ending, you know, like you, you do all these things and you have this, you know, uh, even with the, the changes and the advancements they made in the, the formula, at the end of the day, it was still a Call of Duty campaign. Uh, and I know we briefly talked about this on the Loot Bros podcast, but man, I'm, when it got to the point where you found out that you were, you know, a Russian. Yeah who had then been put under one of the mind control, uh, what do you call it, one of the programs of the CIA, and they were trying to get information out of you about what things you saw and heard, wanting to know where you know, the big meetup was going to be, where the climax of the game would take place. Mm-hmm. And you know, you and I had a brief conversation about that. I thought that is where things really turned up to 11. Because I was playing through those Vietnam sequences, which first off, we don't get a lot of Vietnam games. No. So that whole thing was cool. But second off, they, he, the guy was narrating, kept telling me what he needed me to do. And I was like, as the player, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do the opposite. What did you do? Exact opposite of what he told me to do. <laughs> Same here. It's like, sorry, Adler, I didn't really like you anyway, so yeah. I'm going to do this. And what you find out is that he was trying to feed you false memories 
so that you would believe that you and him had history together and you were working together to do things. So then he kept telling me to go in this door and I would go, he would say, and then you went right. So I would go left and then this door would pop up and then you went into the bunker door and I would completely avoid the bunker door. And I, I, did that. I have no memory of this big red door. Get it away from me. Yes. And I did that over and over and over and over until finally there was a certain point in the game where I was on a rope drawbridge. And this is after multiple times of him restarting the simulation, you know, quote unquote, yeah. and him dropping the door like from the sky in front of me several times. And finally, he drops the door on the drawbridge and I literally cannot progress any farther. I thought you could turn around and go back from that one. You know, I had been doing this song and dance for so long. I don't remember because there were times where I turned around and went in the opposite direction. But I, I feel like he drops the door there again. I, I, I feel like there was a time where it's like I felt like I pushed that so far. I think it finally just said, "Like you have to go through this door." <laughs> yeah, and, and but, he kept warning me that I had to, and I pushed it, and I pushed it, and I pushed it, and I just felt so much freedom, you know. Like as the player, I'm like, I am breaking this. This is amazing. Yeah, I think I, uh, I think mine stopped when I was in the actual um, that underground. It's not the underground. God, what was that? I think like it was actually inside or something. No, I got I got past the cave. It's the part where you were actually like in there uh, in that lab or something where you yeah, could see yeah, yeah. they were actually brainwashing you. Yep. I think I kept going through a loop with that, and then eventually made me have to go through the door. Same, same here. I didn't see, and that was another time I started to try to break the experience because once I went through the bunker door, then it had me in the lab, and I continued the process. I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking through the. Uh, the mirrors or anything. And the kid kept trying to get me to go through the door and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And, uh, it was interesting. Now, did you get put in the cave for a little while? Yeah. I found that weird underground cave where zombies just started spawning at me. <laughs> yes. I didn't last very long in that. It was very terrifying. Yes, it really was. Especially since you like, there was only that light was only around you and they were coming at you from all different angles. Yes. Correct. It was again, it was very interesting. The fact that that was all just in a random Call of Duty section, and I kept feeling like as the player, I'm breaking the system. Uh, so that whole that whole scene plays out, and then you find out that you know, you're told, and you, you kind of relive your dreams, you kind of relive like your memories essentially, and you find out that you were one of the uh, was it Perseus or Pegasus? What was the um, code think, name they kept using? I think both of those are wrong. I don't. I don't remember. All of a sudden, I can't remember who or what the the big code name was for our movement. But either way, they they thought it was a person, but instead it was a group. But you find out that you are basically the right hand man of the leader of the KGB, and the left hand man shoots you, guns you down, which you witness in the beginning of the game, and you don't realize it. You don't realize that the character you're playing, you witness him get gunned down in the very beginning of the game, which I thought, again, was very, very cool. Um, So you find out that not only that, but you know 
deep down in your memories that you you know where this big meetup is going to be and where this next, I guess, in le- section of the invasion is going to be to where a bunch of nuclear bombs are going to be released in Europe. So all this leads up to a point to where there are all these weird memories and all these weird, crazy sections you're playing through. They give you the option. Do you tell the truth? Now that you found out that the CIA was using you and brainwashed you, do you be the good guy and tell them the truth? Or do you be the bad guy and tell them the false plan that you learn about in your memories? What did you choose, Tanner? I was, I went the good route and was like, sure, I'll help y'all. I'll tell you where the bombs are at so we can go stop it. How does that play out? So basically, <clears throat> oh yeah, we we kind of before we do this one, we kind of actually skipped over a spot because remember when we first were like getting real close to actually figuring out who was behind this, we had that little fight in the the villa, and we, you had to make a choice of like leaving one of the characters behind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Who'd you pick on that one? Uh, who? It was between Adler and somebody else. No, 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 nope. no. It wasn't Adler. It was the girl. It was, yeah, the, it was girl the girl and then some other dude. I chose the girl. I chose to save okay. her. Yeah, I did too. So, so, because she was really nice, you know. And there was certain like uh, in between the missions, there are certain dialogue sections where you kind of get to very Mass Effect style, where you get to know your your people better, and I'd say very Mass Effect style, very Mass Effect light where you get to know your people better and you get to have dialogue and conversation with them. Yeah. And almost like your crew that you're doing a heist with. And uh, I chose the girl just because it seemed like all of our dialogue was very positive. How much of that stuff did you listen to? Like, did you listen to some of the conversations they were having amongst each other? I tried to listen to all of it as much as I could, or at least when I remembered, I was like, Oh yeah, there's like a kind of a hub world now. I need to actually yeah. go back and listen to this. Same here. I would even follow them around when they would say, hey, let's speak in private. <laughs> and they would go into a different room. I would stand at the door trying to listen to the mumbling and stuff. But uh, it was really cool, man. Did you get? Did you catch the story behind the chick who was wearing the scarf? Chick that was wearing the scarf. Well, I mean, the, really, the only chick on your team, your squad uh, or whatever. Yeah, the one that you actually save. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so there's a point in time where she's talking to one of the guys. And she kind of lets them know why she always wore that scarf. And she she talks about how this dude who was like going around cutting women's heads off or some kind of junk like that. And basically, she had got into it with the guy. Something Things went awry. And then she pulls her scarf off and shows where he slit her throat. Oh. Yeah. And she tells this whole really intricate story. It was really awesome. And then she... She does. She leads in with like asking one of the the dude that um, I can't remember his name, uh, but like you know, there's that choice on who to save, her or the guy. Yeah. Well, she's she's talking to the guy. I feel like I can't remember his name for whatever reason. I can't remember it either. Yeah, but like I feel like it started with an L. But either way, you're talking to the guy, and she's like, "Yeah, were you in such and such area, such and such time?" And blah blah. blah. He was like, uh, "It doesn't really." He's very vague, you know. 
She's like, yeah, it's so funny. I was on assignment. And she tells this whole story leading up to where she reveals that her throat was cut. And then she goes, yeah, this person that was in the area that you say you're in just wound up dead. And he's like, huh? And he just basically says, I, I don't have an answer for you, but it sounds awful, con- awfully convenient. And then she was like, you know, thank you for handling that for me. And he doesn't ever actually fess up to killing the man, but you kind of like infer that like, that's what happened, that he goes and kills the guy that tried to slit this woman's throat. Yeah. It was very interesting, man. It was just very cool that like, there's that much depth and lore and backstory. And you really otherwise would miss it if you didn't wander around listening in on these conversations. Yeah, I totally missed out on a lot of those. And then I I think I may have caught like three or four, not three or four, maybe two conversations. And that was it. I was more preoccupied with trying to solve those. um, (laughs) Those are puzzles. (laughs) Those puzzles, yeah. They're pretty interesting. But yeah, so I guess getting back into the ending. Yeah, back to that. So you chose the good guy ending. And how'd that play out? Basically, you get everybody together. You end up storming the. Um, I want to say it was like a castle. I think it was. I think it was a castle. You end up storming that, and um, you basically just fight your way to the actual sites where the the bombs are at, and you defuse them. But you nearly kill yourself in the process because you end up having to blow up the entire place, and it does not give you enough time to get out. Hmm. So you basically it's basically racing against the clock. You hit the button, everything goes boom. Then they have to come and then they end up come out coming and digging you up out of the rubble. You're still alive, but then um, <clears throat> I don't know if how this. Well, you go ahead. You go ahead with your part. So with mine, I chose the the bad ending. You know, essentially the bad ending. And so basically, what I did was. Because it all had come to my attention that I was a Russian, you know, agent, essentially, that had been brainwashed by the CIA, by this douchebag Adler. I was like, well, you know what? I, I, I'm not telling you where this, where this nuclear bomb is at, where this, this re, you know, resistance is all holed up. So I told them the, you know, the, the fake plan. And then so we show up at the, you know, I guess at the base, essentially, you know, because there's two territories. And then so we show up there and then I pull my gun out and start firing on my own team. So then I partner up with the Russians and I gun down my own team and each team member is essentially like a lot so much like, like a mini boss, you know. So. What happens is you have all these American soldiers there and you just turn on them and start fighting them, start killing them. And then when you get like to a certain section of the map where one of the team members is at, when you kill them, it does like a bit of a slow motion death camera thing. Yeah. All the way up to the final battle with Adler. And then with Adler, it's, you know, there's a little bit more dialogue and then you have the option to just gun him down. So. And it was, and then, you know, the dude's like, oh, thank you, comrade. It's crazy. He thought that we were all Perseus or whatever the guy's name is. Or excuse me, he thought that the Perseus was one person. Oh, ha, 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 ha. And then they hand you the detonator 
And they're like, pull the trigger, comrade. And then, boom, you blow up like a dozen nukes throughout Europe. Okay. okay. Sounds more exciting. <laughs> it was awesome. So at the end of mine, you get a little extra cutscene at the end. You and Adler are looking uh, overlooking like a cliff by the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> then you have a uh, you have a Mexican shootout. Yep. Basically, you will draw your guns and you try to shoot each other, and then it goes to black before you even see who gets shot. <laughs> What's funny is I actually I, so my first playthrough was the bad ending, and then I was so excited. I posted a bunch of stuff in our Facebook group. And then I looked it up and saw that there's technically four endings. So then I went back and made the good decision and did exactly what you were just saying. So I played through that one, but I have not played through the other two endings yet. Yeah, I have not. <laughs> what are the other two? How, what could they? Where are they even supposed to be? Well, I would imagine it has something to do with the the order of people that you save and or. or don't kill or whatever. So, cause I didn't do any one. So like for me, there's, I killed the first guy, right? But I didn't kill the second guy. Um, in that one room that he's like tied up and they're interrogating him. Yeah. And then on my, on my first playthrough, I didn't kill. I did kill. No, my first playthrough. I don't think I killed the guy in the, in the KGB headquarters but on my second playthrough where i was kind of just kind of going through mission to mission i did kill him so i didn't look into it because i didn't want it to be spoiled for me i wanted to hopefully by the time we did this be able to play through the other ones but i i just didn't have the time to knock out the other two endings so and i don't yeah. know how much they'll change because essentially you know it might just be like an additional cutscene after the two main things because like, essentially your main choice at the end is good or bad yeah. So and I think from there, there might be something extra depending on if you're all good, all bad, or whatever combination it was. So, but overall, the two endings I saw, I thought was amazing. I thought that was very cool. And I love that option. So, what about you? Yeah. I- I'm actually really curious now. I might go back. I might actually reinstall the campaign and uh, go back and try to figure out these campaign endings now. Yeah. Especially since, like, the other two have no idea what they're going to be now. So it could be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Give me a good reason to go back through it. Well, yes, I think it's cool because it gives you a little bit of replay you know, value. And, again, it's, a, it's an interesting enough story. Because, you know, at the very end, there's like that final kind of like recap where they've got all the evidence laying out as the the, the credits and stuff are rolling. And it's kind of telling you like, like, like the, uh, it sounds like there's like KGB, you know, officers and they're kind of talking about, oh, well, this person didn't make it. This person died, blah, blah, blah. This person yeah, right, that's you know, right. escaped or whatever. So, um. It's very interesting, you know, it was very cool. So I'm assuming, and I know that I, I think I know where part of mine messed up is because I didn't have all the intel to determine which one of those three targets. Because there's like eight people in that one mission, that one side mission, and you had to pick three of them that you think are the KGB informants. So I yeah. think that that's where I went wrong to, to get one of, you know, the, other, the additional endings. So, but. 
Overall, man, I thought the game was great. I think it is a, it is, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to play it. I think that it's totally worth the money. The amount of content you get outside of the campaign is astronomical. I mean, the zombie mode, the multiplayer, and then, of course, the way they've got everything kind of built in to tie in to Warzone, the Battle Royale mode. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, the tie-in's okay. I mean, I haven't done much with it, so I can't really say that it's valuable or not. But the it's, fact that it all exists is pretty dope. Yeah, the the the, the Warzone tie-in is just kind of dumb. Not they really. took the map back. They took the map back to that time period. Everything just looks brown. Oh, okay, not older. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally the only difference. Well, I definitely look forward to, you know, the next Call of Duty. I think that uh, having Raven in the mix was awesome. I think that they did some things that were a little different. Um, you can definitely see that Black Ops, you know, that weird. And that's another thing, too, is like I've recently played through almost all the Call of Duties again. So having Hudson in the mix, you know, after playing through the, the Call of Duty Black Ops games, it's like and here and remembering his story and kind of how things were going and then like going through a little bit of Vietnam and everything. I, I was it was awesome, man. Like I I enjoy these games and every now and again I think it's good to have a popcorn action straightforward shooter. And then this one was uh, definitely one of my favorites. So uh, I would say top three for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I'd put it in the top three, but it's it's up there. Awesome, awesome. We'll play the uh, bad version of the campaign, and then uh, let me know what you think about that, because I think that was definitely the better of the two endings, personally. Yeah, I actually just found this. So, technically, there's only three endings. Okay. There's one good, one bad, or sorry, one one good and two bad. Oh. Basically, you go, you come... um, Basically, it plays out the same way, except you don't. Let me see. Yeah, and you're right, by the way. This, it is Perseus. Okay, gotcha. You don't inform them. You still go to that, that do the mission, but they just kill you. Oh, <laughs> okay. They just, outright, they just outright kill you and so blow off all the nukes. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I still got to see it, though. So. Yeah. Yeah. What will be the fourth one? Because I believe there's a trophy for getting all four endings or variations. Um, I'm looking at an article right now. There's only three endings. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I got to look back and see what that trophy description was. So either way, it's dope. I think the game's great. And I think that it's it's a must play. So, and I would recommend playing it. If you are, if you like the gimmicks, if you like the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers, this is one of the experience because it really does do all that stuff. So, T Bird, you got anything else you want to add? No, I got nothing else. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. Uh, oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the first ever Loot Bros Patreon exclusive deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive. <laughs> Episode one, uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. Let us know what you think. Uh, you know, Patreon obviously acts a little bit different than a normal podcast. So, you know, you guys send us some messages, send us some feedback. If you are subscribed at the producer or 
You pick, you play tier. You have access to the first two tiers, which is the Super Loot Bros and the Deep Dive. And you would have access to um, vote on what it is you want us to cover next. So let us know if you want us to dig into some more of these um, Call of Duty campaigns. Or if you have a campaign or a game that you want us to play through, check out that $25 tier for you pick, we play uh, T-Bird. It has been an absolute blast. You know, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed talking about it, and I look forward to us doing this again. Oh, yeah. Until next time. Later. Later. Now, if you listen to the uh, Stackham episode, Stackham, if you got them, the Comic Cast episode that I put into the podcast feed last week, uh, I put a song on there, another remix from uh, one of the RPD songs we have, and it was, it's, it's, I like it a lot. Like, I like it a tremendous amount, actually. So I'm going to throw it back on here for this particular episode. I know not everyone who subscribes to the show listens to all the trash that I throw in the in the feeds. So this song is by RPD Resurrection Pending Death. Uh, but this is a remix of our song Only Cowards Run. Right, sink or swim.